When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right? We're from Cork. And what's happening in Dublin? Nothing. Don't give it. They don't give a shade about it here down here. Focus on the game. Don't hide behind your cars or your tattoos or your girlfriends or your agents. Play the game. Be careful the cat. No say the cat is in the sack when you have not the cat in the sack. The great football, the Liam Brady's, the Ronnie Whelan's, the David O'Leary's. This is a great football and country produce players and grow and play that rubbish. Yeah. All right, good evening, everybody. Uh, Larry Ryan with you here, and I have uh, our soccer writers, Liam Mackey and Brendan O'Brien, on the line to talk about um, Stephen Kenny's appointment and the end of Mick McCarthy's reign as Ireland manager. Um, Liam, I'll go to you first. We were expecting to hear from um, from Stephen today, but I think technical problems maybe put paid to that. I think we can all appreciate what, what they're like at the moment, having tried to set this call up for the last hour. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, he was meant to do... Um some media stuff today. I know he was going to be doing, the original plan was to do a couple of radio interviews and also to do uh, a kind of conference conference call type arrangement with print media. But uh, yeah, fell foul of techno, technical problems apparently. Postponed indefinitely, but uh, some suggestion maybe next week. I think they're now going to organise a sort of a fuller, uh, again, uh, video conference style uh, press conference. Might be a bigger a bigger deal possibly next week. So basically all, we, all we've had from Stephen so far was the little bit he did with FAI TV yesterday, which I thought he struck uh, a, a tone that was very appropriate to the times, the extraordinary times in which we find ourselves. He he was asked if, you know, obviously there's a, a, a time of, of, of moment of great honour and, and, and privilege and achievement for him to be named the senior manager. But when he was asked if he had, had time to celebrate with his family. He just said, "This, this isn't really the the time or the place for celebration, given what the country's going through and the the sacrifices people are making." But look, clearly, uh, this was something Stephen always wanted. Um, when he when he came in as under twenty one manager, I think uh, nobody doubted that his idea was always even then maybe that he he would get the top job. Um, the arrangement that the uh, old regime of the FAI came up with uh, was the peculiar one whereby they proposed a succession plan which uh, is now coming to earlier fruition um, because of the impact on football of the the COVID-19 crisis but look uh, people who know Stephen from the League of Ireland people who know anything about football will just be delighted with this appointment even as they feel huge sympathy for Mick McCarthy that he didn't get to finish the job he was tasked to do and um, we, we just I guess everybody now will be just hoping that as soon as possible and as soon as it's safe and as as soon as it's it's in everybody's interest health wise and everything else that Stephen can get out on the training pitch first of all and then uh, 
then see what, what first game comes his way, which could well be uh, the playoff against Slovakia, which talk about being thrown in at the deep end. It's a hell of a challenge, but he, he, he never shirked a challenge as a manager, Stephen. Brendan, what do you what do you make overall of the way the FBI have handled things over the last few days? Um, from from the pace at which they they kind of got out the the management teams yesterday, it does seem like a lot of the boxes were ticked before they made any announcements. I suppose the one thing that seems to be up in the air is Robbie Keane's role, and maybe it's a little bit surprising that uh, that that wasn't agreed before they they went public on the whole thing. Yeah, the Robbie Keane situation is is, is really strange, but and, and look, if anything emphasizes how badly handled this all was by by the previous regime it's 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 the situation of Robbie Keane I mean having a succession plan for the managers uh, themselves in the first place was unwieldy it was always likely to even without a global pandemic it, it had the, the potential to be very very awkward down the line but then to throw into the middle of that uh, assistant manager with a four-year deal that would cross over both regimes I mean it's just ludicrous um, so it's another one of these legacy issues that, that, that the new FAI, for want of a better term, have. So it is a little bit cloudy as to what's going to happen with Keane. His, his wife has been on Twitter um, having a few pops. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty there from their point of view and from everybody else's. So it remains to be seen how that's handled. You'd have to have sympathy for the FAI in that. You know, it's it's There's a lot of knots to be entangled here. But in terms of the way that they've handled the Kenny McCarthy situation, I think they've handled it the only way they could. Um, you know, when you look at um, the way the contracts were worded, it does seem now that there was very specific dates involved. Um, so there was a lot of talk about would Mick McCarthy get, um, you know, a period of extension to see his part of the job through? Would Stephen Kenny back off? And, you know, would it be a gentleman's agreement? All of that was null and void when it became obvious that the contracts were written down literally in black and white and if any organization out there could not afford another kind of legal battle or a war of words over something in the legal context it was the fai so in a way their hands were were tied by this once once the contract you know complicated as it was from a football point of view once it was that definitive um and even though the the word is that stephen kenny didn't push this in any shape or form they had to do what the contract said. They, they, they had no other option. Liam, what's your sense of that? And and just on what Brendan mentioned there about, about Stephen Kenny not pushing this, like, do we do we are we a clear picture yet of what brought this to a head right now, or was the was there an urgency to get this done um, over the last few weeks? Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think what brought it to a head was was uh, last Wednesday's uh, UEFA meeting with all the member associations, including the FAI when they announced that the playoff against Slovakia would be indefinitely postponed. If the Slovakia game had gone ahead in June, um, Mick McCarthy would have been in charge for that. What's now clear, uh, this is just following on from what what Brendan said, is that um, there were hard and fast dates in the contract. So I think a lot of people uh, from the outside looking in at the original succession plan woolly and, un- and improbable and, and even potentially unworkable as it was, m- had the basic assumption, I think it, m- it made sense, that Mick was in until Ireland's interest in the Euros ended, which would either be at the qualification stage, the playoff stage, or after the finals. And then Stephen would take over for the Nations League and the World Cup qualifiers. 
but actually they were hard and fast dates, which were meant to accommodate exactly that kind of transition. Obviously, no one knew what was coming down the tracks uh, and would just shake the whole world. So those dates were July 31st was the end of mixed contract. The FAI have now confirmed these dates and Stevens was to be activated on August the 1st. And once UEFA decided to indefinitely postpone um, the playoff, then the FAI felt, A, this could get away from us completely. This could be dragging on until September at the earliest if the playoff was, was then, or potentially as late as November or even December. And that since the contracts were going to be honoured anyway, then it was the logical thing at this point, though tough on McCarthy, that they act on the contracts now and eliminate any, any, any further uncertainty or any doubt about who was going to be in charge or any kind of ludicrous situation where two people, two managers could be virtually under contract at the same time. So it was the decision to postpone um, the Slovakia game indefinitely and in specifically beyond June and, and obviously beyond uh, mixed end contract date of, of, of July 31st. Once that was clear, that was what prompted the FAI to act. Uh, and they simply decided then the thing that they had to do was to honour the contracts that they were agreed. And that meant that uh, Stephen would be taking charge for the playoffs. So get him in now and get as much opportunity within, within the limited uh, options available to him at the moment. But hopefully the restrictions will, will, will lessen to some degree over the coming weeks and, and months give them as much chance as possible to get, get some work done before those crucial playoffs and possibly even get games in, depending on how the calendar is rearranged. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking last week about it, Liam, I think we were, we were both more or less uh, thinking it would be only fair to let, Mc, let Mick McCarthy run to the, as far as the playoff, even if it was in September. But I suppose the fact now that, that there would be, there's a possibility of three or four Nations League games before the playoff takes place, very much changes that picture anyway. And yeah, I, I, and what's also clear now is that, um, and this, this does seem to be the case, and, and, and certainly uh, there's clarity around this. It's, it's, it's sort of hypothetical now, but it, it basically looks as if uh, the way the contracts were uh, agreed and on the basis that the FAI were going to honour those contracts, then uh, even if the playoffs had taken place under mix uh, management, uh, he wouldn't have been there for the finals, which would have been probably almost, I would think, harder to stomach for him than the idea of going now before the playoffs. Um, it would have been a very, a very strange situation. It's strange as it is that he doesn't get to finish the, uh, the job he was given. And look, I know uh, technically it was actually Nations League results rather than the qualifying campaign that uh, eventually got Ireland into the playoffs. But, you know, over 10 games, people will have their views on how successful or otherwise it was. But I think there's no question uh, McCarthy gave it his all. I think he improved the mood on and off the pitch. Uh, some of the results and performances were obviously disappointing, particularly the the back-to-back games away to Georgia and Switzerland. But it finished with on a sort of an encouraging note, even if it fell short of automatic qualification against the Danes. Um, and it was one defeat in 10 in total. Um, the team has been improved in certain aspects. I think his bringing McGoldrick back in was, was very important. I think 
John Egan has has been fantastic coming in. Um, so I think, to be fair to McCarthy, he had done uh, the job as best he could, had fallen just short of the automatic thing. But nonetheless, the way it was all set up, he was still in charge of a team that was going to be going to the playoffs. And there was an opportunity for him to to really take the penultimate step towards the glory of, of leading Ireland out in Euro finals on, on Irish soil, which for someone... For anyone who knows McCarthy would would know how much that would mean to him. He he's he's a very he's a very proud man. He's a dignified man. That would have been a sensational thing for him. So I personally have sympathy for him that it has ended like this. But uh, the FAI have made the decision on the basis of what was agreed. McCarthy McCarthy seems to have accepted it graciously. I know he's being handsomely rewarded for it as well. But I think his the way he's handled it publicly has been very impressive. And and it's over to Stephen now. And um, you know, barring the huge unanswerable questions we all have about what, what's going to happen over the next weeks and months, not just in football, but in, in life generally. Uh, barring that, I think there's, there's, there's so much reason to look forward and uh, with, with confidence, but also a huge amount of fascination as to what kind of change uh, Stephen is going to bring to how the senior team goes about its business. I think if, if anybody or if, if everybody had known now how, how few results we would have needed to get to the uh, to get to this playoff situation, there would have been no need for the succession plan all along anyway. Um, they, they could more or less have given Stephen 18 months to kind of train into the role and, and then take over for whatever playoffs came along. Um, but just before we move off the, the, the Robbie Keane thing, like Brendan, is it... Like what's your sense? Is it are we clear that Stephen Kenny didn't want Robbie Keane as part of his management team, or is it uh, that Robbie Keane didn't want to take a role under under Stephen Kenny? Or do we do we know where that situation is at? Not really, no. And and like we we spoke about earlier, given given his wife's um, take on Twitter, yeah. I would suggest that um, it's certainly not their decision um, that that Robbie won't be involved. You, you could imagine that. If Stephen Kenny wanted Robbie Robbie Keane involved, that he, he would be involved, um, unless there was something at Middlesbrough that um, would have precluded that. Um, as it is, we're going to have one one guy going out and another coming in in, in, the, in the form of, of Damien Duff. And it was interesting, I think one of the, the Scottish newspapers were talking about it's expected that Duff will, will finish up at Celtic. Um, I don't know how true that is and commit to Ireland in a, in a full-time basis as well. And that's something I... I Generally, as, as a rule, I'd like to see, I'm not overly comfortable with guys, regardless of who they are or how committed they are, and they're, they're all committed. I'm not comfortable with this thing of, um, you know, assistants um, divvying their time between a club and, and, and the team as well. And of course, what we haven't mentioned in all of this as well, and it's, you know, we, look, we prefer to talk about the football, but the financial aspect of all of this as well, um, yeah. as figures mentioned yesterday, this is going to be, um, it's going to cost the FAI an awful lot less um, going down um, in future years. I mean, when you look back on the period we had with starting with Trapatoni and the amount of money, some of it coming in from outside sources to get these guys on board, it, there's nothing clear that the FAI in Irish football was overpaying um, to fill these positions. And what's going to happen now, regardless of, of results in the field, that we've got back to a position now where at least they're paying uh, the sort of salaries that are more commensurate which, with, with their role in, in world football. Yeah, what's your sense of that? I, mean, I suppose the Robbie Keane's wages might have been a factor as well. I mean, I presume 
Keith Andrews might come in a little bit cheaper than Robbie over the next couple of years. Um, I think the thing is, like they, they you know, there's a, Robbie Keane has signed a contract. Uh, I don't know the details of it. Uh, I, I know there's figures being bandied about, but uh, I, I wouldn't confirm what they are. I'm not in a position to. But what I will say is, he signed a contract, and the FAI, I presume, are going to have to honour that contract. So uh, the discussions, I would imagine, at the moment, are to do with whether. Uh, there's a, a severance package or an exit package or uh, the full honouring of the contract or he's given some other role within the association. It's not clear where those discussions are at, but it's clearly a very difficult situation. Uh, I think if uh, Stephen had wanted Robbie on his coaching staff, I think Robbie would have been on the coaching staff. I heard Gary Owen say yesterday on the radio that Damien Duff had been on their wish list. They'd obviously been planning ahead for whenever the succession did take place in terms of what Stephen's backroom team would be. That would be logical. He'd be doing that. Um, so the financial aspect of it is is one side of it. But the in terms of his backroom team, uh, the important thing for Stephen uh, and, and indeed for Irish football is that he has the people around him that he feels most comfortable with, that he's used to working with, uh, or that he feels can, can bring the most to what's going to be a, a really challenging for, for all Stephen's qualities as a manager and, and they're, they're considerable uh, and, and we know it from what he's done with Dundalk and we've seen him take that into the under-21s in a way that's been just exhilarating to see but for all that um, he's got a real huge challenge on his hands now to, to do it at senior level with what is not currently let's say uh, the greatest uh, squad in terms of uh, options available to him compared to ones that have had in the past. McCarthy had to had to deal with that too. I mean, no one would, would claim that the squad that Mick had this time and that Stephen's inheriting was anything like as strong as the squad that Mick had uh, the previous time he was in charge or you go back to Charlton or whatever. So there's a real challenge for, for uh, Stephen. Uh, and the most important thing from, from his point of view is that he's got people around him that he trusts and he clearly does from, from everything he said about the people on his backroom team. Sure. What, what's your overall sense, Brendan? I must say, I'm, I'm, I'm excited looking forward to seeing what he can do. I mean, I think we, we, we've all seen the, the importance of, of even just positive rhetoric being out there uh, when you see the likes of Klopp um, at work over the last few years. I mean, I think it'll be encouraging even to, to hear an Ireland manager talking about our players as if they're not inferior to, to everybody, everybody else we meet. Absolutely, yeah. And, and didn't we have enough of that in the, the back end, particularly of the Martin O'Neill era, which, which, you know, was a constant, you know, disappointment for everybody. Um, the manner in which our players were discussed by our own manager at the time. Um, Mick, uh, Liam would correct me if I'm wrong here. My impression of Mick looking back is that he, he would have been more upbeat you know, we've good players, everything else. But, you know, Stephen Kenny does bring in more of a, I suppose, um, a can-do spirit about it. And Liam is right. I mean, we don't have a vintage crop of players, but if we've seen anything in, in modern international football is that um, you don't need a vintage crop of players to do fantastic things. And we just have to look at our neighbours in the north under Michael O'Neill for, for proof of that. And look, that is not a great roadmap as well. Michael O'Neill, who had all the success in the League of Ireland as well. Um, you look at the Ireland team that Stephen Kenny will inherit. I mean, even under Mick McCarthy, it struck me a couple of times when I was watching 
Ireland play at the Aviva, you look at the back four that, that Ireland can put out and the goalkeeper as well, when they're fit, Darren Randolph, James Coleman, Matt Doherty, uh, Egan Duffy, um, Enda Stevens. Those that's a very, very strong back four and goalkeeper to start off with. And it doesn't matter what field sports you're talking about, you get your de- defence right, you're in with a chance. And Ireland have proven that. And Liam mentioned the last game under under Mick against Denmark. You know, one ones are our specialities. We don't tend to get beaten by huge scores. Um, we're usually competitive. Um what will be really interesting to see when Stephen Kenny comes in is how does he infiltrate that team and that nucleus with the likes of an Adam Ida or an Oba Femi, a Troy Parrott down the line, Aaron Connolly, uh, Jason Malumbi, these guys who who have a lot going for them. There's a lot of potential and promise. And what we need to see now when domestic football does come back is that some of these guys do transfer that potential um, that they do make it a bit easier for Stephen Kenny to chuck them in, as the phrase goes. But I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to see uh, a little bit more leeway given to, to youth under Stephen Kenny than we saw with Mick McCarthy, who time and again, and it was very hard to blame Mick McCarthy. Liam mentioned he was chucked in. His first game was Gibraltar away on that horrible day in, in the airport pitch. Um, very difficult for him to um, experiment when he had that limited amount of time. Um, we should remember as well, Stephen Kenny is, I think I'm right in saying, he's only confirmed for one campaign. Um, Mick McCarthy was in for European Championships where 24 teams would qualify. Stephen Kenny will be going for Qatar when there's only 13 European slots. So it's not an easy job, but I think it's fair to say everybody understands that his job goes beyond just getting results, that there's a there's an understanding that Stephen Kenny has been brought in to bring his vision for Irish football, not just at senior level, but all the way through, to bring that vision through and to get us falling in love, not just with the Irish team, but the football that they play again. There's almost a, little, a bit of pressure on him in that regard. If, if, if it all goes badly wrong, we'll never attempt to, to play football again. <laughs> what, what do you think, Liam? Do you expect radical changes in, in the autumn? Um, I, I, I have my doubts that it'll be radical change in the autumn. I think this is going to be evolution rather than revolution. But I think over the course of, and let's hope, first of all, we get through the playoffs. Uh, and if we do over the course of, of the finals, the Nations League, the World Cup qualifiers, then you will see, I would imagine, uh, a significant change in the way the senior football team plays. And it's not that uh, Stephen Kenny is wedded to only one single way of playing football. I mean, there's a sort of an idea that he simply is a kind of a visionary who, because he rightly talks about the idea that the long ball game shouldn't be sort of seen as the DNA of Irish football. And he does believe that passionately. But he's a successful football manager. He's a pragmatic football manager. And he hasn't always worked with the best side in Ireland, as he did with Dundalk for a number of years, which, to be fair to me, he virtually created from scratch. He's done it with teams of varying ability. He didn't have quite as much success on, uh, at Rovers, for example. I always felt Rovers were premature and rushing him out the door that time, didn't give him enough chance. But he's enough experienced, even to know that you can have a vision for how you want the game to play, but you can underpin that with a pragmatism, which in the short term will put getting the result above everything else. And let's be clear about it. You know, if Ireland went into the playoffs under Stephen Kenny against Slovakia and played wonderful stuff out from the back 
and for lack of a cutting edge or an unlucky bounce of a ball or the refereeing decision lost the game in Slovakia well people wouldn't be going on about how nice it was to see Irish Ireland playing good football and attempting to play good football he's going to have to get that balance and he's well able to do it I mean Dundalk didn't just always play champagne football Dundalk could be direct when they had to be they 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 were able to mix it physically with a Cork team for example in that great rivalry it was all about intensity uh, and they were able to stand up to that and it was ding dong between them. So Stephen is, Kenny, in my view, is well capable of adapting to whatever is needed in any given 90 minutes, depending on the players at his disposal and the opposition he comes up against. But overarching all that will be a vision of over time, he can't do it overnight. It's too much to ask of him and, and people shouldn't expect it. But over time, over a number of games, and as he brings in some young players into the system, uh, particularly the ones who are familiar with what he's doing at under-21 level, which, as I said earlier, has been thrilling to watch, then I think you will see this gradual sea change in the way the senior team uh, go, plays its football and is seen to play its football. And so that we get away from the kind of caricature of bark, bollock and bite and long ball and, and we're tough to beat and we're gritty and all that. And I should kind of say as well, because his, his time is over now and, and, and obviously has ended in a kind of sense of real frustration for him. But actually Mick McCarthy, in my view, when, when he was around the first time and took that team to the 2002 World Cup finals and despite Saipan and despite the seismic uh, upheaval just on the very eve of the tournament, if you go back and look at how his Irish team played, that was some of the best football I've seen from an Irish team on the international stage. I think back to the game against Spain, for example, which I don't know if many people are aware, but FIFA actually named the game of the tournament. It was just fantastic. So it's not like we've always played one way. I think from when Jack came in, there was a, a, a big change, clearly because of Jack's uh, so no frills, absolutely direct, uh, put him under pressure. You know, it's, it's not pretty, but it's effective. That had a huge impact on Irish football then and subsequently. But Irish football has played different styles over the years. And Stevens, I think, will be a really refreshing one. But I don't, I don't think people should anticipate or expect that we're suddenly going to turn into Barcelona, Brazil, uh, when and if and when, and hopefully it will happen sooner rather than later, we go to Bratislava to play Slovakia. Um, it'll take a little longer than that, but it's going to be fascinating to see to see how it how it uh, develops. I, th- I think that. Sorry, Larry. I just think briefly on that. I think that's a very good point. Uh, nobody's expecting Stephen Kenny to to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, we're not looking at champagne football. And we mentioned that game against Spain in the World Cup. And I always look back to the two two draw in Amsterdam when we did have a far better team. But Robbie Robbie Keane scored a goal that night, which was just beautiful simple effective football played down the right and a very good cross it's it's just it's it's a tweak in in attitude and culture that you mentioned at the start that Stephen Kenny will come in they will still have everything that Liam said and he's bang on in that so you're not looking it's not they're never going to play champagne football it's just getting the the balance right between what we do well as a kind of a, a British and Irish style team and a little bit more of a, a considered approach and just just one other thing I'd say in that, Larry, and 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 it's it's again. Brendan talked earlier about having that that back four. He's right. This this current Irish back four, like a Premiership quality back four, and and uh, you know when you think of even with Coleman out and, and possibly coming towards the end of his career, though always hesitant to write someone like Coleman off too soon. But 
certainly when you think that Doherty is, be, is able to slot in there and Stevens on the other side and the centre halves we have John Egan coming through now as well Duffy um, that back four that, that's, that's we've always had that or we've always been lucky enough to have strong most of the time uh, back four and Brendan is right you know you're not going to get anywhere unless you, you get that basics right first to me the, the key areas are going to be midfield and, and attack because it's you know everyone knows we've struggled for goals since basically since Robbie Keane was banging them in regularly and while David McGoldrick came in and has done well and you know maybe maybe even someone like Scott Hogan who was on fire before before events uh, changed everything there, there's and the young lads coming through obviously though they've still to to prove they'd be able to do it at that level Ida and Paris and the rest um, that that's an area where you know you could see Stephen. Uh, really affecting, really boosting the confidence of the players he has. But midfield is going to be fascinating. And one in particular I'd be thinking of straight away when we look to um, Slovakia or whatever Stephen's first game in charge is. By that point, where will Jack Byrne be in the picture? Uh, because Byrne is, is a real Stephen Kenny player. But of course, he's untested really in, in, in the red heat of international battle in the really big competitive games uh, and he hasn't done it at the at the top level in England. An outstanding player and anyone who's been to see Rovers this season and, and, and last knows how good he is. But he's a, he's a fascinating player because he's a Stephen Kenny type player and be really, really interesting to see if and how Stephen could uh, have, have someone like Byrne involved in his team. Would he make him would he make him a, 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 the very heartbeat of the team or or would he feel st- Jack still has, has a lot to prove at club level? So those are the areas of the pitch, particularly central midfield. I think we've lacked re- a real a real creative ball player, uh, playmaker since since Wes Hulham. And um, if Stephen can solve that conundrum and, and the goal conundrum, uh, he'd be well on his way to being a, a huge success as Ireland manager. Brilliant. Listen, before we just before we leave it, lads, um, John Fallon mentioned in a piece there at the weekend that uh, Brian Kerr found it difficult being an Ireland manager living living over here. You lads aren't going to be pestering Stephen Kenny more than noon and night, are you? <laughs> I'm not. Leaves the soccer car. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be told to. Uh, Stephen, uh, I, I think I think that's going to be hard. I mean, I think I think that's I don't. It doesn't matter how experienced a manager you are or what league you've gained your experience in. I think when you get the top job in your country's football, and contrary to what some people may have thought in the past, uh, that's not an executive role uh, in the association. The top job, as we all know, is the one who, who manages the senior international team. And it's, it is a real challenge. And, uh, and, and Steve, Stephen is, is strong enough to take it. Uh, there's no question about that. I mean... His character, he is a very uh, formidable character in his own right, uh, and he uh, absolutely uh, stands over his beliefs and, and how they relate to football and how he relates to people and all those things. Um, so I've no doubt he'd be able to uh, put his hand in the fire and hold it there. But 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 it's not going to be it's not going to be plain sailing. It never is. I mean, it would be lovely to think he'd come in and have something, be able to replicate pretty much what he's been doing with the under-21s. That may not be the case. Different players at his his disposal, uh, uh, different level of opposition, higher state games. It's going to be tough. There'll be ups and there'll be downs for him. And um, 
it, it will be a challenge for him how he handles that with all the extra attention he gets uh, living in this country and as indeed you say from the likes of us pestering him from one day to the next but um, listen let's you know let's just wish him well because that's all we can do at this stage um, I, th- I think I do think it's a fascinating uh, new era that's opening however improbable the whole uh, the whole process was, which has led us to where we are now, um, to see Stephen Kenny given a chance, uh, knowing what we know of what his attitude to football is, what his attitude to people is, what his attitude to life is. It's, it's just going to be fascinating. And, 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 we, and we can only wish him well and hope that um, it doesn't drive him to distraction as the job has driven so many other good people in the past. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.